Hey, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about how to get back on track fast because that is the most important skill that there is when it comes to your weight loss. No doubt about it. Now, before I get into a specific strategy about how to do this, I want to talk about kind of a mindset shift that has to happen first because typically when people approach their weight loss, they're in an all or nothing mindset. And I would suggest that you shift that into an all or something mindset so that you never imagine yourself being off the wagon, off track. Okay, that's going to help you with everything I'm going to tell you in a moment. Um, you have to understand, you know, we've just been conditioned to have these extreme diets where we're 100% doing everything right or where we're not thinking about our weight and what we're doing at all. And we've got to get out of that because um, ultimately, we're never going to be all all the time. We're never going to be perfect. So it's really less about being perfect and it's more about being less nothing. <laughs> That's the secret um, to really changing your weight. And it's an easier secret. And the other thing to remember is that, again, when we typically just think about weight loss, we think of it as a temporary thing that we're going to do for a little while. And so in that paradigm, it's possible to be perfect, right? Because you can be perfect for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Right, like maybe maybe in a couple of months is kind of hard even, but um, but in a short term time frame, the potential to be perfect is there. Um, in a long term time frame, it is not. And the question I want to ask to you is, how long do you want to keep the weight off for? And I know the answer is forever. So you have to let go of the idea that you're going to be perfect. Right? Sometimes you will be. Sometimes you'll be able to do it. But over a long time frame, you're not going to be perfect. It's impossible. And so once we accept that and recognize that then we can truly start to appreciate and focus on just how important it is to be able to get back on track fast, to recover from mistakes we make, because you're going to make them forever. And so it's not about being perfect, it's about being, getting back on track fast. So how do you get back on track fast? There's a couple different ways, and it's really important to find the way that works for you. So I'm gonna share a couple specific ways that work for me. Um, but before I do, I want to just talk about the process, you know, so it's different for each person and you can make whatever you use to get back on track. Right. So, so I'll give you a specific first. Right. So, so for me, one of the big ones, water, right. When I eat too much, eat the wrong thing. I really lean on the water. I will drink water very quickly after to really signify to me that, okay, I, I kind of made a mistake there. That's not really how I want to eat. And now I'm going to drink this water as kind of a fresh start. You know, that doesn't wipe that out. I understand that, but it's it's a signal to my mind that okay, you know, um, that part's over, and now we're back on track. And I can do that within minutes of making a food mistake. Whereas sometimes when people make a mistake, you know, they're off track for weeks, months, years. Okay, so there's a huge difference there. Now I say the water, and the water is just one example. So don't get stuck on that. If you drink water all the time, that's not going to mean anything to you. Then fine, but you can make whatever you want mean whatever you want to some degree. And so when I drink the water, you know, I'm giving myself kind of suggestions of saying, okay, I'm drinking this water. It's going to help me digest that food, you know, kind of pass it physically, um, pass this mistake and mentally and emotionally, this is a signal that I'm back on track. I'm drinking the water. I'm back on my healthy track here. And so I imbue it with more meaning intentionally. So whatever thing you choose to use, um, encourage it. You know what I mean? Like we're not just saying, okay, let's see if this water works. Oh, I still feel, I still screwed up. You know, it's not that attitude. It's saying, okay, that happened. And now I'm back on track, drinking my water, going for a walk, going, I'm going to go, just going to go to sleep, but let my body recover. It doesn't matter what the specifics are so much. It's the meaning that you give it. Now, how do you find what works for you? 
Well, that's up to you. You know, what do you like to do? It could be literally anything. I suggest it's something really simple though. You know, for me to drink water after I overeat or eat the wrong food, um, it's easy. You know, it's an easy thing to do. I always have my water there. And so that's a simple one I can rely upon. Um, I mentioned I like going for walks. You know, that's very helpful too. It's kind of like, all right, let, let's, I just finished eating. I don't feel great about it. Let me go for a walk. Again, I'm sending a signal with my mind and, and I'm helping, you know, moving around, just kind of moving my body, drinking the water. Those things help me. Going to sleep. That's another one I use a lot of times. Um, well, I'll take a nap, you know, or, or again, if it's close to, to bedtime, I'll just go to sleep. And so, um, you know, these, these are three of them, but it could be anything, you know, whatever works for you. Um, if you like to go to the gym, you know, uh, you know, but, but again, going to the gym is a harder one for most people, you know? So again, the harder you make it, the less likely you are to do it, right? Especially if you're feeling a little bit discouraged or a little uncomfortable physically from what you did. So again, the easier you make it, the, the simpler it is. Um, it could be, I mean, you could go, you could, I'm going to read a nutrition book or, 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 you know, a health book. I'm going to watch a health documentary. I'm going to get myself back here. I'm going to journal about it, right? I mean, again, there's no limitations on what you can choose, but just make it sure it's something that resonates with you. Right. That, that's kind of the key, key part of this. Um, but have this strategy in place. You don't want to wait for yourself to overeat or make the mistake and then imagine yourself coming up with the strategy. You want to have it prepared ahead of time so that you're ready to go with it. OK, that, that's kind of the key factor. And so, again, I got my top really two is what I usually rely upon, um, you know, and, and that's what I like to use. So I hope this helps you out, you know, but, but prepare something and make it simple and know that you have that. The one final piece I'll give you, just a little bonus step is when you make a mistake, there's no need to beat yourself up. So you use your strategy to kind of get back on track, to kind of signal that. And the other thing you can do to really kind of solve, you know, resolve the process here is to learn from the mistake. You know, look at what happened and analyze it. Say, how did that happen? I don't, I don't want to eat that way. I don't feel good. That's not what I want to do. What was going on there? You know, knowing what I know now, if I went back in time, what could I have done differently? You know, how do I want to eat? How do I want to feel? And you can kind of replay it in your mind. And you can learn from it. You can learn from that experience. And the brain gives a pain for learning. So that makes it even easier to get back on track. All right. So I hope that helps you out. And um, you now have a strategy that you can rely upon when you make mistakes because you're going to make them. And that's OK because you can make mistakes. You do not need to be perfect to lose weight. So um, the important thing is the ability to get back on track quickly. So hope that helps you out. Um, I see. Let's see here. Michi, oh. It says, any tips on how to avoid overindulging on unhealthy foods on those two out of seven days? Yeah, okay, great question. Um, so with that, um, here's the first thing, you know, and I was just I was just talking about this with a client, that the first thing is uh, we structure our eating, right? So we have five, five days which are intended to be clean, um, two days which are intended to be pleasure-based, right? So how do you not overindulge on those two days is the question. And the first thing I suggest is right in the beginning, indulge. It, it, it doesn't matter. Again, I have to preface this by saying, again, we're thinking in a long time frame here, right? So this is such a, we're talking about weight mastery and most people and the way you think about weight loss is probably about weight loss, right? Weight loss is a temporary thing where you think about, I'm going to do this until I lose the weight. And it's a short-term thing you're thinking about. So the idea that I would tell you to like, you know, indulge on two days, overeat on two days, well, how am I going to lose weight then? Well, hold on. We're not talking about weight loss. We're talking about weight mastery, long-term success. So I would tell you the first month, you know, I, I tell clients, don't worry about losing weight. You know, that's really not the goal because the first goal is you need self-awareness. You need to become aware of what you're doing. You need to become aware of what overindulging feels like. 
See, what happens is you make a mistake or you eat too much food and you start beating yourself up. But what's way more valuable is to just stop for a second after you've overeaten, five, 10 minutes after you've overeaten, an hour after you've overeaten, and then just sit there quietly with your body. How does this feel? You see, because when we start beating ourselves up, we're disconnecting from our body. And so when you pay attention to that, how do I feel? And you say, oh, I can't breathe comfortably. I've got heartburn. My, my, oh, I just feel so full. I, I feel tired because it is tiring. You know, when you overeat too much food, especially processed foods, it's digestion is one of the top uses of energy in your body. So when you eat a lot of food, it's, it's like, okay, all the energy going down and digest the food and it's tiring. And so there's a negative consequence to overeating that's right there. And what a lot of people do is they're just consciously saying, oh, I got to stop eating that. Oh, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? But you're disconnecting from your body. And so what's a lot more effective is go ahead and indulge, but then sit with it. Connect in your mind. Eating that way has this consequence to it. Let me put it in a different way. You know, if every time I showed, if every time you overate, I just popped up magically and hit your thumb with a hammer and then disappeared, three or four times of that, you're going to be like, eh, I don't think so. I think I'm going to, I'm going to pass on the overeating. Do you see what I mean? So this is what drives our behavior. It's very Pavlovian. What do we associate to it? And what people typically do is they associate all the, they focus on the consumption of the food, the eating of it, really pleasurable. It's really pleasurable, really pleasurable. And then on the flip side, they either go into denial and just ignore it, or they beat themselves up about it, which disconnects them from the consequence, the physical, mental, and emotional consequence the beating themselves up does. And so if you stick with it and you stay present with it, you start to really reinforce that consequence that always follows the indulging. And you've done this in your life. I mean, a lot of people experience this with alcohol. You may drink a lot when you were younger and now as you're older, the consequences are more intense. And saying, you know what, I don't want that. And if it's not alcohol, it's something. Something in your life you used to do more of and then you said, ah, you know, it's just not worth it. You see, that's a natural way to make new decisions. And what it's doing is it's reframing, it's changing the way you think about the food. See, what most people do with the dieting is they think about the food the exact same way and they just try and use willpower to fight against that. So I'll bring it a little bit deeper. Usually when people think about the foods that they're struggling with, it's because they're, they're thinking about the consumption of it, right? We all think in movies. So when you think about, let's just say you like ice cream. When you think about that ice cream, you're thinking about getting it, having it there, eating it. That's the movie. And that cranks up the desire for it. And then when you go on a diet, you're trying to use the willpower to fight against that desire. But you never impact the subconscious process that's cranking up the desire. And so what I'm talking about is going after that process to reduce the desire naturally. So how do you do that? You let the movie play out. Okay, so instead of just thinking about eating the ice cream and enjoying it, you play it out till five, 10 minutes afterwards. Well, what's the consequence? Mentally, emotionally, physically. How do you feel about yourself? How do you feel emotionally? How do you feel physically? And if you concentrate on that, it's, you don't have, you're not bullshitting yourself. It's an unpleasant consequence most of the time when you overeat, when you eat the wrong stuff. And so what we're doing is we're reframing how you think that ice cream, instead of just thinking in the consumption phase, we're thinking about the consumption phase still, but we're also thinking about the consequence phase. And so now all of a sudden, the next time you say, oh, I'm gonna, I wanna have some ice cream. Now, instead of just thinking, oh, ice cream, I wanna eat it. Now you're thinking, yeah, it's good but then I, I don't feel that good afterwards. And what happens is the desire starts to reduce. And so you're not just relying on willpower to fight against cranked up desire. You're naturally through that subconscious process, reducing the desire. So I hope that makes sense, right? And so going back to the, the, the five, two thing, on those two days when you're eating pleasurably, when you, you might overindulge and eat too much, I certainly did when I first started doing that. Um, what happens is that I was extra aware of it though, because that's another piece of this. Everything in life's relative, you know? And so when you, 
like a lot of people, there's no structure to their eating. And so they're just snacking and eating shit all, all the time. And so they don't even notice what the consequences are because they're just living. It's just a big mumbled mess of shit or feeling like shit, eating like shit, all the rest of it. They don't even know what's what. When you start doing the five, two, what happens is you're eating clean those days. And then when those two days of indulgence come, what happens is it's, it's fun in the first part, but then you're like, holy shit, I feel so heavy. Oh, my stomach hurts. My chest hurts. I don't feel good about myself. Oh, this doesn't feel good. I got a headache. All this stuff's there. I'm not bullshitting you. This is really there, right? And so you're extra aware of it and it starts changing that subconscious thing. So, so there's a lot of psychology in that five, two thing. That's a great question. Don't stop yourself from overindulging the first couple of weeks. Just pay attention to it. Okay. And, and then, and then once you have that attention, that awareness of what the consequences are and how it really is, then you can go to work on starting to change it. But you're going to go, cause I used to do that. I, I said a two week, two days, I don't give a shit what I do. And to the point, I was just saying this, you know, when I, my water habit was a hard habit for me to install consistently. And one of the things I did is I said, on the weekend, I'm not drinking my water. Screw it. I'm sick of thinking about it. Right. So there was a, a long time there. I was like, ah, two days, I'm not going to drink my water. But what ended up happening is I started to say, geez, I feel like shit not drinking my water. I'm getting headache. I just don't feel good. And so then all of a sudden, notice this. Instead of always, oh, I got to drink the water. I got to drink the water. I got to drink the water. All of a sudden, I want to drink the water. It makes me feel a lot better. Right. And now, oh my God, it's, it's a completely different source of motivation. You see? So that's another piece of this 5 2 process is that after doing it for a bit, indulge yourself. But what you're going to probably get to is a place where you say, oh, I don't, I don't want to eat that way. I feel better when I, and where I'm at now is like, I'll indulge and I'll eat the foods. I'll give you an example, pasta night, right? So I used to eat pasta night. I was eat pasta, 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 pasta. And then I started doing that for a while and I said, okay, I, I like the pasta. But I'm like, uh, can I make it better? And then I started making like a bunch of broccoli. And so now like, I'll eat a bunch of steamed broccoli first and then I eat all the pasta. And so that helps me because I feel better about myself. I eat a bit less pasta and I like it, but but it's a it was an improvement where there's no breaks on me. I'm not willpower myself saying, so I can't eat this. There's no, I can't eat that. It became into an, I, I don't wanna, I, I wanna eat better. You know, I still want to enjoy myself. I still want to pleasure it, but I want to make it better. You know, and that's how I got to it. But it's a different motivation. So I hope that makes sense. I feel like binge eating right now. Help. Um, again, binge eat. Go ahead and binge eat. Stop trying to stop yourself. Okay, go ahead and binge eat, but then promise yourself and promise me that you'll pay attention to how you feel mentally, emotionally, and physically after you do that. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Stop trying to just stop yourself because subconsciously right now, you you frame, your mental frame of binge eating is that it's going to be really fun. It's really good. It's pleasurable. You know. Now, you know there's guilt and shame on the other side of it to some degree, but, but not really. Primarily, the way you think about that binge eating, if you want to do it, is that you think it's primarily pleasurable. So go ahead and do it. Go ahead, binge eat, but then pay attention to how you feel for the hour following it, okay? And connect to that. A big part of what I do with people is help them subconsciously orient their focus about food from the consumption only to the consumption and mostly the consequence that follows, the natural consequence. Listen, you've got the truth on your side. Binge eating, eating all that shit does not feel good. You know it doesn't. You know, at the other, on the other side of it, it doesn't feel good mentally, men emotionally, or physically, you know? So go ahead and binge eat. Don't stop yourself. Stop that shit because it's never going to work. Go ahead and binge eat. But then notice how it feels on the other end. And then notice, is this how I want to feel? Does this feel good? Was this enjoyable? Because that's going to start the process of reframing it. Because now I have no desire in the world to binge eat ever. Never, ever, never, because I've binge eaten so many times and then got on the other side of it and said, oh, I feel like absolute shit. I don't like this. I did the exact same thing with alcohol. I've done it with lots of things. And so that's what, um, again, I want to be congruent 
subconsciously and consciously. If I want to binge eat, I'll go binge eat, you know, and then I'll connect to it. But now I'm at a point, I do not want to binge eat. I don't want it at all. Think of it, like you do this already. If you're a non-smoker, you're not, it's not because you like have this willpower. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You just, the way you think about cigarettes, you don't have any of that desire. You don't have any of those cravings because you think about cigarettes and you focus on all the negative stuff of it. Right. And if you smoke, you, you don't, you don't do heroin. Same thing. The way you think about it, there's no cravings. You see? So with the food, you, you need to get more congruent. You can't keep trying to force yourself not to eat foods that you want to eat. You know, it, it's really, that's not a, a good strategy long-term. Hope that makes sense. Um, is it normal to feel way hungrier some days than others, even if I'm not more active? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that can affect your hunger. Sleep's a big one. Stress is a big one. Um, your hydration levels is a big one. Um, your body can misinterpret thirst for hunger, right? Because our bodies have evolved in a, over millions of years in an environment where we ate a lot of our, our liquids, right? Because the foods we ate had a lot more water content in it. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of factors that can increase your hunger. Yeah, being more active is another one as well. Um, but pay attention to those. The big ones, sleeping, stress, hydration are, are three of the big ones. You know, one other one, micronutrients. You know, if you're not getting enough micronutrients in your body, um, your body sends you a hunger signal. You know, that's another one. But the big ones are sleeping, stress. Um, those are the two really big ones that I'd watch out for. You know, notice his thing there. Uh, Mandy says, I absolutely love all your videos. Thank you, Mandy. I appreciate that. How does one stay motivated? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's the cornerstone of the Program Yourself Thin program because motivation doesn't just, like, like I think with dieting, right, what ends up happening, usually what, hap what triggers a person to go on a diet is some pain-based event, some spontaneous pain-based event where you step on the scale, you see a picture of yourself, the clothes don't fit, you catch a reflection, someone says something shitty to you, you got a doctor's appointment, <laughs> you got to face it, right? And you get so upset that you say, I don't give a shit what I got to do, I got to lose the weight, you know? And people expect that that initial motivation is just going to last till they reach their goal, which is silly. But, but again, when, when people go on a diet, they're not a logical, rational state. They're in a very emotional state. So to stay motivated, you really need a process, you know? And so in Program Yourself Then we have a two-minute technique you use at night to program your subconscious mind. And embedded in that process is really a lot of motivation, you know? And so you have to think of motivation. Zig Ziglar said this, right? He's like, people tell me motivation doesn't last. That's why I suggest you got to, you know, kind of do it every day, you know? And he goes, just like showers, you know, showers don't last. You have to do them every day. That's how you got to think of motivation. It's something you have to keep up, like, like brushing your teeth. You know what I mean? It needs to become part of your weight loss process. You know, how do you stay motivated? Um, but how do you actually stay? But what's the process you use? Well, one way is you can focus on the pain of not losing weight a little bit because we want to use pain and pleasure are, are two of the big ones. And so you can focus on the pain of not losing the weight, but just a little bit because when it comes to weight loss consistently, our brains don't like pain. And so the pain is good for making a decision. Pleasure is good for carrying it out. Um, but you do want to have a place like like I got my, my father died at 54 of a heart attack. So that's my core pain based motivation. Right. Is it I got my kids now, I got my wife. I don't want to I don't want to die at 54. I don't want to at least contribute to it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to contribute to me dying at 54. And so that's the pain based, but, and that's there. And so you should have that. What's your big pain, you know, that, that, that is motivating you. However, the rest of my time is really spent on the pleasure of being the person I want to be. And so this is really, it's an ongoing process, but it's also a reframing of it because a lot of people when it comes to weight loss, just think, well, wanting to be X amount of pounds should be enough motivation. And it's not. It's not. Most of the time, people picking their weight, it's just some arbitrary number they're picking. I, I do this all the time. I say, what weight do you want to be? Oh, it'd be X amount of pounds. Why? Uh, that's what I weighed when I was 18. That's what I weighed when I got married. That's what I weighed when I lost a bunch of weight, you know, whatever. And so 
you have to give the weight or your goal more meaning. And again, it's a process. If you, if your mindset was all straight right now, you'd be at your goal weight. You know, your, your mindset's the biggest thing impacting your weight. And so to stay motivated, it really is a reframing of this process. And I always say you should take the weight loss and wrap it in personal development. So you should change your focus from this being a weight loss process where you're just focusing on the weight losing and you should turn it into a process of you becoming the best Mandy you can be. Who is the best Mandy you can imagine? And it's not just about your size and how you look and your weight. It's about who you are. You know, how can you be the happiest, the healthiest, um, be the best version of you? And again, I don't know what's, what's important to you in your life. Um, the, the most, the relationships are the most important. How can I have the best relationships possible? How can I, maybe you like to work, right? How can I have the best career or, or work business possible, right? Whatever you like to do, how can I do that at the highest level? They'll give me the most joy, you know, because that answer is going to pretty much correlate with you being able to reduce your weight easier, you know, because when you're happier, when you're healthier, when you feel good and that becomes a focus, a lot of times those, are those same things that allow you to do that are going to help you lower your weight as well but it gives the weight loss way more meaning, you know, cause for a lot of people, they're just chasing a number. And I hate to tell you, a number doesn't mean shit. You know that we've all lost, right? Everyone's lost weight and then you put it back on. Well, if that number was so great, why'd you put the weight back on? You know what I mean? The weight is just like money. It's a means to an end. And the outcome is less important than the process you use to create it. I always say like, you know, again, you're, you're rich, right? You know, oh, I love being, I got money. Everything's great. Well, what if you make your money by robbing senior citizens? Oh, well, you know what I mean? Like that doesn't feel good. So who gives a shit if you got some number and you have to starve yourself and you're miserable achieving it? You, you see what I mean? So you need to give this more meaning and that's the first step to being motivated. And then you have to reinforce it. If you consistently focus on that and develop it and build it, motivation is a, um, again, in, in the program, program yourself then. There's three pillars to weight mastery of the program. We have three weight mastery blueprints, mindset, lifestyle, eating, okay? And I'm making the shape of a pyramid because the biggest, most important one is the mindset, then the lifestyle, and then the eating strategies. But we start with mindset. And guess what the very first mindset section is? Motivation, right? That's the, you get, it's a 60 page workbook, fill in the blank, you fill out to come up with your blueprints. But the motivation piece is number one, right? Because that's the engine that drives the whole process forward. And most people don't have any clue how to motivate themselves, you know? And so um, that's the most meaty part of the whole training is the motivation piece. So again, I'm kind of giving you the high level stuff, but um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing, you know? Um, I feel like binge eating right now. Yep, I just did that one. No, I, oh, what did you say there? No, I won't. I would just go have a healthy meal because it's not worth it. I always feel like shit after. <laughs> there you go, right? So you're already doing that process. Great. That's perfect, you know? But notice, I want to just point out the, the subconscious process that you're running. See, a lot of times people aren't aware of the subconscious processes they're running. They just realize kind of the surface level effects it creates, right? So again, if you're thinking about, let's just say you like to eat ice cream. If you're thinking about ice cream, you're thinking about like your favorite ice cream. You're thinking about eating it. And that's the movie you're making in your mind. And that's driving up the desire for it. But if you play that, ice cream eating scene out till 10 minutes after and how you typically feel after you eat a bunch of ice cream, then it, it lowers that desire back down. And so now you don't have to rely so much on willpower. Do you see what I mean? Because you're understanding and influencing the subconscious processes that are generating the desire in the first place. So great job. You, you answered, I guess I could have just skipped that whole thing. You, you just did perfect. Perfect. So good. I have the identity of a non-smoker, so it's a non-starter. Yeah, exactly. Listen, so I just mentioned that the motivation was the first piece of the mindset, right? Guess what the second piece is? The self-image. No one ever talks about us with weight loss. Listen, your self-image, your identity that you believe about yourself creates your weight. Your weight 
is a physical projection of your mental self, how you think about yourself. And if you've been overweight for a long time, you don't like it, but you're familiar and comfortable with it. Okay, because your brain's main job is to be a prediction machine, to predict the future so you can survive. And in order to predict that future most effectively, your brain wants to keep everything the status quo, keep it the same. And so, yeah, you think you want to lose weight and you do consciously. Subconsciously, you do not want to lose weight because, yeah, as much as you don't like the weight, you're familiar and comfortable with it. You know how to get through, you know how to be in the world as an overweight person. And so changing your weight into that of a thin person is a process of transforming your identity. You're not gonna be the same person. <laughs> think about this. I know no one ever thinks about this, but do you think like all of a sudden you're gonna be at your goal weight and not just at your goal weight, but you're gonna get there and you're gonna be eating differently, living differently. It's just, you're a different person. Like how could you be the same person and just be a different weight? See, that's the, that's the bullshit of the diets. The diets say you're gonna be the same person. You're just gonna force yourself to act different. And that's why they don't last. I listen, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions, right? And I, everyone, every person I've ever talked to, you know, they've all lost weight at some point. I said, well, what happened? You lost the weight. What went on? Why'd you put it back on? I didn't feel like myself. I, I didn't really know myself. You know, I get that all the time. And if you pay attention to yourself when you've done that, I bet you'll find it's the same thing. So right from the beginning, this process isn't just like, see, diets are just like an outside in approach. You think you're going to lose the weight and then turn into a thin person. I don't know why, because it never works for you or anyone you know, but okay, this process I'm talking about is about changing yourself from the inside out. It's an inside out approach to weight mastery where you start literally, again, you do motivation first and then it starts with the self image. It's a process of becoming the you you want to be. Who is the best version of you? There's a lot involved with weight loss, you know? And so it becomes a process of personal development of becoming the person you want to be on the inside first though. How do I want to think? How do I want to think about myself? How do I want to think about food? I want to think about my, my health, all these things. It's really your beliefs, your thoughts that you're consistently holding. And that turns into, you know, external behaviors and ultimately external results, right? Hope that makes sense. Um, stuff, I, whoop, I appreciate, appreciate your advice. Very helpful. I'm glad. Again, I, I pride myself on offering the most practical advice that I can give you because what I see in the weight loss world, in the diet world especially, is like people just giving you these perfect plans. And that fucking makes me insane because like, I mean, I could sit here and tell you, like I could tell you how I eat. Oh, I just eat like me. You ain't me. You know what I mean? Like I've customized my eating plan for me based on me. You know, <laughs> I say this all the time. Like you wouldn't let me tell you how to eat. I mean, how to drink. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying, you want to let me tell you what kind of movies to watch, what kind of music to listen to, how to dress, right? Like you're your own person, but you would let me tell you how to eat. You know what I mean? Like that, that's weird. Like, that's why in my program, again, we, we've got blueprints. They're filling the blank blueprints, basically, where you're figuring out how you want to eat, what works for your lifestyle, for your preferences. It takes a little longer to figure that out, but it's like, it lasts a lot longer, you know, so it's worth it. Um, so I, again, I do, I really do pride myself on, on giving practical advice, like real advice, not just like the perfect plan you should follow. That's what every plan out there is. If you boil it down, never mind the bullshit is specifically what they're telling you. They're basically saying, do this. And then you're supposed to force yourself to do it with what your willpower, right? You're just going to force yourself. Oh, now I'm not going to eat carbs. Oh, now I'm not going to eat for 16 hours a day. Oh, now I'm not going to eat any fat. Now I'm just going to eat meat. Whatever your bullshit is, like, you're just going to change it tomorrow's Monday, time to completely change how I eat. Time, time to change everything about myself tomorrow. <laughs> like, it's so overwhelming. You get a, a day into it, a couple days into it, and you're like, fuck this. I, I can't do it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's so silly. 
it's so silly. Like it makes me nuts. I get, I get all worked up when I think about this because it's the, it's just, it's everywhere, but like no one's seeing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, what diets worked for you? Yeah. I always say like to the point, if someone, you know, says they're going to go on a diet, do you ever, is there a cell of your being that believes it's going to work for them? <laughs> right. And it's like, so you don't believe it's going to work for you either. Like you don't even believe it's going to work. And yet you just keep walking mindlessly on this path. I don't blame you. You're in a trance. You've been entranced by the diet mindset. I mean, think about it. We've all seen millions of diet ads in our lives. And so it has forced us to think about like, we can't even separate weight loss from dieting at this point, you know, and that diet mindset is the kiss of death for, for a lot of reasons, you know? Um, but the big one being that, you know, ultimately you need to learn, like strategies and a process that works for you. So you need to customize it for you. Again, mindset, lifestyle, eating, um, so that it works for you. And then once you've done that, you know, then it's so much easier to just tend to it and follow it for the rest of your life. You know, again, that's the biggest problem you have is that you're thinking about weight loss and that makes you think of it as a temporary thing. I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. And then what are you going to do? I ask people that all the time and it freaks them out. D -d 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 Jim, I don't want to talk about that. I'm going to figure it out. When it gets my goal, I'll figure it out. Okay, cool. <laughs> How many times have you figured it out? When you got to your goal weight, when did you figure it out? Like who's figured it out? 95% of people don't maintain the weight loss. Why is that? Did anyone ever, you ever think about that? <laughs> you know, it's again, I, you know, listen, you sit in your head. I don't, I don't even know you, but I'm going to describe your mindset better than you. You sit in your head thinking about food, weight loss, lo wanting to lose weight, like 80% of the day, 70% of the day. Right. But it never happens. You've been thinking about it for decades and you know, as little about losing weight now as you did when you started your first diet. You know, these diets aren't teaching you what you really need to know, which is you need to change your mindset. A fucking plan? <laughs> a plan? You think you're one plan away? You think you're one meal plan away from losing all the weight and living as a thin person? Come on. You know? <laughs> like, there's just more to it. You know, again, it's mindset, lifestyle, eating. Those are the three things you need to master. And then you master your weight. And the, the funny thing is, it's not rocket science. And, like, weight loss is way harder than weight mastery. Because weight loss, you're, you're way overcorrecting. You know what I mean? It's like day one, okay, time to change everything. You know, and you overwhelm yourself. Do you not do that? Can you give me some hearts? Do you not do that? Every time you try to lose weight, do you not overwhelm yourself? Because that's why you can't get started because you don't want to do it. It sucks. You hate it. So you don't want to, um, you don't want to do it. Do you ever wonder that? Like, how can you think about weight loss all day long and never actually do the things to help you lose weight? It's because you don't want to do it because the ways you think about doing it are all diets and they suck. So, you know, weight mastery, it's like we... Instead of fixing everything, how about we just start with your worst eating habit? Can we start small? <laughs> you know, can we just start with your worst eating habit, make some progress with that, and then move on to the next thing? You know, your impatience keeps you trapped in that, that loop, right? If you think about it, if you look back at your weight loss, what you'll probably notice is there's all these short-term starts, right? It's like you stick to it for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, start it up, then stop, start it up, stop. You never get past that, that phase, you know? So you think of it different. Do you have any advice how to be more patient during your journey? Look at that. Perfect um, question. Yeah, being more patient really comes down to how you're framing the whole process. You know, um, again, in weight loss, you know you're you're in a trance, um, literally. You're, you're not using your full brain when it comes to weight loss because you've been entranced by the diet. So you think like a dieter and you need to think like a thin person. So you can't think like a dieter and be patient because there's just no way because it's all about just losing weight. 
And so there's no patience there. You need to reframe the whole process. And, and you know this because anything that you wanted to do, now I know impatience is always a thing with everything, but it's different. Because let's just say you want to play the piano, right? Let's say you never played the piano, you want to learn the piano, right? Well, you have a different time scale in your mind when it comes to that, right? You're not going to master the piano in a month, a couple weeks, a couple months, you know? So you just go into that knowing it's going to take longer. And that'll, that allows you to actually kind of, that already, just the framing of that kind of imbues a bit more patience into you, you know? Um, when it comes to weight loss, though, think about it. Every single ad you've seen, and it's been millions of them in your lifetime, every single one is how much you can lose in how short a time. That, that's the diet blueprint for a weight loss ad. And they all follow it. Lose X amount of pounds in X amount of days, X amount of weeks, you know? And so that's how you think about it. And it's all overstated anyway. So now you're thinking... Because I love people that lose like, no, oh, I only lost, I only lost five pounds this month. Oh, it's five pounds this month. What were you expecting? What, what do you think? Oh, I should be, I should be losing at least two pounds a month. Okay. Why? Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, patience is something you really, you do have to work on because it's a, it's a key, key factor, you know? Um, how do you prevent a rebound? I lost 120 pounds on keto and gained it all back. Ah, that sucks. Sorry, sorry, sorry stuff. That sucks because we can only handle so many of those, right? Those are devastating. Um, I'll tell you how you prevent a rebound because that's my entire program is, is built around that. Don't do anything that you hate doing. You know, don't do anything that you can't see yourself doing forever. You know, because your weight loss, your weight mastery is, is a never-ending marathon. And sorry if that bums you out, but what the fuck? I mean, how long do you want to keep the weight off for? Right? So stop doing shit that you don't want to do forever. I won't do anything I don't want to do forever. And that's how I've been for 30 years. And now I have a complete system that I want to do for the rest of my life. I love the way I eat. I love the way I live. And I love working on my mindset. I, I love it. I enjoy it. Because I made it, I customized it all to me. I started small with all of it. And I got good at it. Now, I was thinking, I was talking today, I was doing a call. And um, no one ever thinks about this, but, but losing weight, it's a skill. Like you think of, like, again, it's the diet thing. I'm not blaming you for this, but it's a diet thing where you think like, you just need to like, give me the plan. And I'll just follow it, you know? And it's like, it's so stupid. It's a skill. You're, you're developing the skill. I mean, there's so many factors in my weight mastery, you know, the mindset piece. And then there's lifestyle, which is eight habits. And then there's my eating strategies that I'm always working on tweaking, optimizing, and, and have been doing that for 30 years. So like, I've got more skill at it, but it's like, if you start, if you stop with the quick fixes, and you start focusing on what you can do long-term, you know? And I don't know, maybe you loved keto, but you didn't love keto. If you loved keto, you'd still be doing it, you know? So if you feel yourself struggling, you feel yourself really trying to force yourself to do something, stop doing it. You say, well, how am I gonna lose weight then? You start small, you be strategic. You know, you orient yourself to forever. Again, let me, let me give you a reframe a goal for you. This will help you out a little bit. Is instead of focusing on losing weight, how much weight can I lose? Start focusing on how can I get to my goal weight and live the rest of my life at my goal weight on near autopilot. You should write that down and focus on that every day and ask yourself, how can I do that? What's the easiest way I can live at my goal weight every day? What's the easiest thing I can do to eat better? What's the easiest way for me to reduce some calories? You're asking, your questions are, how can I lose weight the fastest? And how can I lose weight the fastest? We can do the most extreme shit. But that's your goal. Right, because you're so impatient, you know? Your impatience is, is messing you up, you know? I feel bad. I'm, I'm sorry you lost 120 pounds and put it back on. That, that sucks. Vision boards are helpful. Yeah, sure, definitely. Where do we start from? 
Yeah, as I said, you know, really, I, I, again, I mean, if you really want to start, what I would suggest, go to my bio, click that link, get the hypnosis session I give you, okay? That's, a, that's an intro hypnosis session, the new thin me. It'll help kind of put in your mind what it feels like in depth to be the person you want to be. You know, so that's a great session to start with. And then right after I, it takes a few minutes to send it to you, I bring you to a, a training, three steps to master your weight. It's, it's free. Okay. Go watch it. It's a whole different paradigm to, to master your weight. So I would start there. Um, but then if you don't want to do that and you just want to start, uh, start focusing on your worst eating habit, you know, and start, start working on that. Um, Tiffany said, I definitely need to figure it out because I maintain my weight for most of my life. Okay, great. So you're starting from a huge advantage. Okay. And something probably triggered you to overeat, but you, again, you got a big advantage. You get the, the mindset of the self-image of being, um, you know, the weight you want to be and the habits and strategies. Okay. So you can get back to those. What lifestyle do you recommend for polycystic ovarian syndrome people? Um, I recommend the exact same lifestyle I recommend to people without that. And that is, I'm going to give you eight habits, right? This is what I base everything I do on. Everyone in my program, we focus on these eight habits. Whether you got that or not, you got type 2 diabetes, um, you know, uh, hormonal issues, menopause, any of it. And the eight habits are, and, and, and I put these in order of importance, proper sleep, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude, right? And so you weave these into your life as much as you can, right? I get these weaved into my life every day and they make a profound shift in you mindset-wise, biologically, chemically, met metabolically, um, hormonally, you know, your craving wise, everything improves, you know? And, and so that's what I would suggest. Um, what is going on with someone who has weight loss resistance, not related to overconsuming? Um, yeah, listen, you know, I know there are, you know, I made a video. I say, if you're overweight, it's cause you're overeating. Right. And so I, it's a simplified statement. I know that, but for 99% of the people that is true. You know, are there situations where that's not true? Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's probably not you, you know, and if it is you, then you have to readjust your goals. You know, you have to go talk to the doctor, see if there's any medical intervention that they got. Okay. But for most people, it's a, it's a consumption thing. You know, it's, it's the food they're eating. Um, and so again, even if you, no matter what you have, you know what I mean? Um, the lifestyle piece is crucial and that's often missing from the weight loss, um, equation for people. You know, but but the lifestyle piece is crucial, regardless of what your physical situation is. Um, rebounds have a lot to do with mindset. Old habits are easy to slip back into. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And by the way, just so you know, like you can't get rid of neural wiring. You know, so your your bad habits are neural wiring, and you can't get rid of them. That's why you ever notice, like you could be on a plan for like a year, and you slip right back, and old habits, holy shit, they come right back, full force, right? That's because that old wiring never went anywhere. So what do you do? It's not about stopping your old habits. It's about creating new habits over them. Okay. It's wiring new habits over them. It's important to understand that again, just one more piece. I mean, understanding some of the basics of neuroscience and what's going on with yourself neuroscientifically is very helpful. You know what I mean? Like even the neuroscience of habits, you know, in the program, we have a whole habit section. I'm not a neuroscientist, but understanding some of the basics of neuroscience and how it affects habits is really, really helpful because what are you doing to stop your habits? I already know. I don't know you and I know how you're trying to stop your habits. Um, you're trying to use willpower to fight against them. And it's the most ineffective way. You know what I mean? That's what bums me out. Listen, this is my mission in life is to help people live at their goal weight. This is why I make TikTok videos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't, I, I, I have my, I have coaching programs. You know what I mean? And um, 
I do that, but it's like, I do this stuff for free because I just want to help people. Cause it's, my dad died of a heart attack. So it's like, this is life or death to me. And I just feel like this is my mission to help people um, with this area, you know, cause it, nothing saps literally your life. Like it can literally kill you earlier than you need to. But in addition to that, it just saps all your life force out of you because God, what a depressing, it, it bums me out. And I'm not, I gotta bum you out, but I, I just, this is why I do this. Is it, it bums me out so hard to think like people going through their lives spending 50, 60% of their waking time thinking about their weight. You know, it sucks. And what it is at the end of the day, because we'll say, oh, Jim, what do you give a shit about? Why do you care so much about weight? I don't think of it as like weight. I think of it more like a drug addiction. You know, my dad, he knew his heart wasn't good. He couldn't, he, you know, it was 1984, so it was a different period of time. I get that. But he didn't have the ability to change his eating habits, like a lot of people. And so I'm, I know this is what led me down this path. I know that. Um, and then my own transformation that happened. But for me, like, that's why I do all these things for free. You know what I mean? I make this podcast every day. Um, I make these TikTok videos. I do these lives, you know, because I want to... I want to help people because the solution is not, it, it's like, it's right there, but no one ever sees it. Cause the fucking diets are, they're just the worst, you know? Cause, and I know I say this all the time. Those of you who listen to me all the time, you know what I'm about to say, but you know, the diets are wolves in sheep's clothing, right? All the big diets we know of are all owned by the food companies, right? You know, you know, Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz, you know, Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. You know, Atkins Food Products was the same company that owned Onions Pretzels and Cinnabon. That Slim Fast is owned by the same company that owned uh, owns Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Do you really think they want you to eat less of their bullshit food? They want you to eat more of their bullshit food. <laughs> Do you understand? I was just like, I think it's sad. I gotta, I'll have this for tomorrow's live. But the the amount of sales, like like when, um, because Weight Watchers started off okay, you know, but then they got bought by um, Heinz. And um, the food sales went bonkers. You know what I mean? Like they, 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 this makes me nuts. So anyways, the diet mindset and the way of dieting is, is bullshit. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it bums me out because it's like, this is life or death, literally. Literally life or death. Um, how you eat and how you live and what you weigh. And so to me, it's like I'm fighting against drug addiction almost. It is what I feel like, you know, metaphorically. It's like, you know, so, oh, my parents died of heroin. So you become someone who's an activist against heroin. Like, that's what I feel like about with food, you know? Um, my dad died of a heart. It was the most traumatic thing ever. You know, I was nine years old. My brother was six. My mom, she was a housewife, you know? Fuck. You know, what? It's, it's unbelievable, right? Why? Because he sells the food. And what? I don't know. It's just, and you watch it, right? You watch like the obesity epidemic and it's like that word's lost all meaning. You know, you should watch the map. Um, there's a map of like, I don't know, it's from like 1980 to like 2014. And it's got, it's two United States maps and it's color coded percentage wise. And one shows the percentage of obese people and the other one's the percentage of people with type two diabetes. And you watch it over 30 years and it goes from like, it starts off like, you know, 15% of the population's obese, you know, no one's got type two diabetes. And then it's like 35 years later, it's like, it's all dark red. Everyone's obese, you know, not, not everyone, but, but 75%, 75 fucking percent. You know what I mean? Like, like, what are we talking about here? And we've been minimized. We just, we don't think about it because you, you, you have to think of TV commercials. Every food commercial you see is a hypnosis session, all right? And you're getting this constant stream of hypnosis having you minimize the effects of what this food's doing to you. It's literally killing you. Where we're at with the food is where we were at in the 50s with cigarettes. Cigarettes were just as unhealthy, but people just didn't think of them that way. You know, and it wasn't until we went through the, the kind of awareness shift over, you know, starting 70s into, you know, into the 2000s where we started, oh, cigarettes will kill you. They're really bad. And they were constantly getting that message. 
And right now we're, we're pre that with food, but you have to take it upon yourself to wake the fuck up. I mean, these foods are killing us. You know what I mean? Type two diabetes, you're just going to get some medicine and take care of it. It's, it's devastating to your body and your quality of life, you know? Uh, but anyways, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it crushed me when I rebound and gained 120 pounds back. I get that stuff. All I can say is you learn from that and realize that from now on, you will never do anything that's not sustainable. I mean, that's the best kind of simple thing I can say to you. Um, I wish I overate to get here. I love your hypnosis. Oh, thanks, Tiffany. I appreciate that. I'm 77 years old. Is it too late for me to live a le healthy life and lose major weight along the way? Um, no, absolutely not. You can you can change anytime you choose to, you know? And, and I always say this too, you know, if you can get off of the weight loss being the only thing you care about, the, the secret is you can feel a fucking lifetime better. I mean, you can feel like a million times better almost instantly by focusing on those lifestyle factors. I mean, it is so easy for the average American to feel light years better, like instantly, you know, before the weight loss happens. So you've got to say like, oh, if, if, what most people are doing, they say, all they're doing is looking at that scale. You're done. If that's what you're doing, you're fucked because that weight loss, the weight is unpredictable. It's inconsistent. The way weight comes off is just an unpredictable thing. So if you're basing your motivation on that scale, I guarantee you're going to, it's so hard to stay motivated because it's like the results are inconsistent. You don't know when they're going to happen. They're unpredictable in the short term, you know, but what's not unpredictable is when you get enough sleep, when you hydrate, when you relax, when you nourish your body with something healthy, when you move a bit more, when you meditate and quiet your mind when you feel more grat gratitude and you practice it. When you do those things, you feel instantly better. Now, fuck the instant gratification of food. You can feel instantly better when you do things that make you feel good. But, you know, so, so yeah, you start doing those things right away. And then those things help you lose weight kind of automatically because the better you feel, the better you eat, typically, you know? Nice job. I finally kind of got a good job, Marianne. Yeah, you're definitely not too old to change. Definitely not, definitely not. Um, I'm so glad I came across your TikTok. This makes so much sense. Thank you, Charlene. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoy this. What do you think about the whole Ozempic stuff? I hate it. I hate the Ozempic stuff. And um, I get so... I fucking hate it. I, I get so mad because I had a conversation yesterday and just it gutted me because it's a person I really care about and they were just having a really hard day. And when we're at our weakest and lowest, we're most susceptible to the bullshit, you know? Now, I'm not saying Ozempic's bad for type 2 diabetics. I mean, if, you, if you're in this situation and, and you need insulin, okay. But if you're functioning, your body's functioning okay and, and you're fine, I, you know, it's just one more, I don't know. I mean, is, is it some miracle drug? You know, like, oh, well, it gets rid of the food noise, you know? Because it makes you nauseous, you know? That's a big part of how it gets rid of the food noise. And it's a major, major drug, you know, where them themselves on the ads are putting watch out for thyroid tumors, <laughs> you know? I mean, this is major stuff. And you have to take it forever, you know? And then you see other people on fucking TikTok. Oh, lost. look how much I lost so far. Look how much I lost. And it's, it's seductive, you know? And, and I don't know. I don't buy it because I don't... Listen, they did the same thing with the fucking weight loss surgeries. And now you see other people... Well, a lot of people put the weight back on. Because until you change your mindset, none of it's going to work. And to me, it's just one more Band-Aid. I don't know. I don't like it, but that's how I feel. But if you want to do it, you do it. I, I don't want to make it too negative. I don't know. What do you think about intermittent fasting? I think intermittent fasting, I do it, but I backed into it. I enjoy it. I like it. I enjoy, But I do it for 14 hours, so I want to be clear about that because some people, oh, if it's not 16, it's not. So, you know, if, if you can do it and it resonates with you, great. 
But the main thing you got to bounce it off of is, is this sustainable for me? Is this something I want to do forever? Because um, if you're doing like the, I, there's different levels of intermittent fasting, but you're going to go two days a week without eating. That's, that's for most people, that's extremely stressful, you know? And, and so, you know, if you love doing that, then, then great. You know, it's an effective way to reduce calories over the week and lose weight. Great. But if you hate doing it and every time it comes up, time to fast and you, you're miserable, then, then look for something else. You're not going to stick with it, you know? Um, uh, yeah, cosmic break. I get it. Yeah, the, the, COVID's a whole thing. I, I got to do a whole thing on that because COVID was sucked. You know, for a lot of people, it really did um, kind of trigger them back, you know? Um, yeah, do you have any tips on ditching processed food long-term, mostly sugar? Yes, I do. Go research it, okay? Go, go, um... Go research uh, that, okay? That's the best way to really change your um, your behaviors, okay? So don't just fight against processed food, which is most people do. I'm using willpower and stop eating it. No, R learn about processed food. Learn what it does to you. Read Salt, Sugar, Fat, The End of Overeating, two great books. Watch some documentaries on processed food because it's just like watching, I, mean, I don't know if, like when you learned about the cigarette companies, you ever watched The Insider? That was a great expose into the cigarette companies and it starts reframing how you think about the thing that's what we want to do right that, that's the again i'm a hypnotist we're working with the subconscious mind we want to change how we think about things so the best way to ditch processed food is to learn about it what it is how they make it and what it does to your body and mind okay because once you know that it's just like cigarettes i mean if you look at cigarettes like imagine trying to quit cigarettes 100 years ago it's a lot harder because no one's saying they're bad you know what I mean? Now it's a lot easier because there's so much, you know, information about how bad they are and, and conditioning about it, you know? Um, my mom mentioned using Ozempic and it upset me. How do I advise her kindly not to? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm working on that myself. And, and as I, because I, it's, it's relatively new and, and yesterday really kind of hit me in the gut um, with, the, with the conversation I had. And so I'm going to work on that. And so just keep checking in with me because I, I'm, you know, everything I do, even when, I, when you're listening to my live, I'm a, I'm a hypnotist and I use a lot of conversational hypnosis is, is my main you know, technique I use. And so I'm, I'm using very specific phrases and ways of communicating to impact your subconscious mind. Okay. And so I will go, I'm going to work on the Ozempic thing and, and I will I'll check back on me. Okay. Um, I get triggered when I'm feeling depressed or anxious and then I binge any tips. Great that you recognize that super. And that's emotional eating is that the emotional eating is not just a negative thing. It's serving a positive intention. There's some emotion we're getting out of it, or it's distracting us from some negative emotion we don't want to feel. And so you're on the right path by asking that question. The question becomes, when I'm feeling depressed, what's something I can do to feel better? Doesn't include food, okay? When I start to feel anxious, what's something I can do in the moment that doesn't include food that make me feel better? Start asking that question, and that'll start bringing down the path of solution, okay? Because thanks for your honesty. It's such a hard conversation to have with someone who doesn't understand. I, I get that, and, and I'm I am going to work on it because it's just, you know, I... I've been through this stuff too many times, you know, fen fen, all, all the bullshit that comes out of the perfect thing and it ends up being horrible. Um, and, and I just say the same thing here, you know, and, and it never gets, again, it's just another, it's another, you know, it's going to treat the symptoms and it doesn't find the cure. It, that's where I think we're at, but you know, it's new. And so people just get desperate for it and whatever, but all right, everyone, I got to get out of here, get, get out to coaching call. Um, so yeah, if you, if you enjoy this, um, you want to work with me closer, uh, go check out my program. Don't get it through my program yourself to insight. Okay. I'm going to tell you a little secret. If you don't know this, go to my bio, click that link, get the hypnosis session. I give you watch the training. I give you three steps to master your weight. It's about 25, 30 minutes. You get through that. I tell you about my program and, um, I give you a half off link. Okay. So you can get it for a discount. So don't buy through my website. Um, but the program's awesome. You know, every day for eight weeks, you get hypnosis sessions in the morning and at night. We have coaching calls. I teach you to program yourself in technique. You get blueprints to master your mindset, lifestyle, and eating. Um, it's the stuff. All right, everyone. 
Have a great day. And we'll talk soon. Oh, thanks, Susan. Yep, Susan's in it. We'll see you on the call, Susan. Bye.